Bills fan podcast for September 26, 2016. Oh, yeah. It's your host, David Palermo. You oh, can yeah. find me on Twitter. That's my hype man right there. We'll oh, get to yeah. him. We'll get to him in a sec. Keep spiking it, baby. I got it. Find me on Twitter at NumBillsFan. And alongside me is the hype man, co host or host, 1A1B. Adam Deacon on the Louie to me on the left side. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, numbills Adam D. I'm hype. I'm pretty hyped. The Bills just won. They seemed like they were in control. We're going to get to this in a little bit. Uh, obviously, some things to clean up, you know, but we ain't jumping off any bridges. We'll take the positive positivity when we can take it. But, hey, don't forget, we are on, on numbillsfan.com. Yeah, have you checked out our, our website? Have you checked out our website? Do it. Okay. If you haven't, we have all sorts of back episodes, and sometimes we post some of our Facebook content onto there, so you don't have to go all the way to Facebook. Yeah. At the same time... Go all the way to Facebook. Click like. Our page is cool. Every cool. Wednesday at 7 p.m., we are on Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. We have a show. You Face- can... Facebook Live, right on our page. It streams right in the Bills Mafia Facebook group, run by our main... Number one homies at billsforlife.com. Shout out to those guys, Jamie, Chris, Dave, the whole the whole gang. There's so many, there's so many people just holding that group down. It's 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 great. Check it out. They're about to break fifty thousand fifty thousand on Facebook. It's a big group of Bills fans. Also, don't forget check back on numbillsfan.com. You got Scott Campbell writing some articles too. So if oh you yeah, like some Scott Campbell thirteen on Twitter. That's our boy. Instagram too. Wherever you want to find these people, we're pretty excited about the game and to to the next game. And, and I went down to the Red Pinto tailgate. I stopped down there, but also we'll be on the map on punchrunksports.com. Again, if you don't know what Punchrunk Sports is. Please check out their website. It's pretty sweet. And they have a great podcast by three awesome comedians, Ari Shafir, San Tripoli, Jason Hebo. You can find them all on Twitter pretty easily. But really, Punch Drunk at Punch Drunk on Twitter. If you like, yeah. a, like sports a great, and jokes. Yeah, really. It's not sports even like. Sports and jokes. You don't even. I don't even think it's jokes. I think they just necessarily call it how it is. Yeah, no. You I, know, it's just like. No, it's, it's just it, unfiltered. It's very, it's very no. There's jokes, man. There's there's great jokes. They're great comedians. Maybe not like joke 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 like oh. Not, not I don't think it's like bullshit. it ain't like right, set up. It ain't like a set up and a punchline. You get what I'm saying? It's just if you enjoy us, you would definitely enjoy them. They do it way better. So yeah, they're cool. The Bills won. I can't even stay still in my seat right now. Yeah, for real. I was you know we were driving up to the game and. Uh, I thought that going into it, you know, we weren't driving up to the game. I was, I was my ass at home on the couch in my in my boxers in my Watkins jersey eating Doritos. Yeah, but don't let him fool you. He was in his Watkins jersey eating Doritos with his son and his father. So you have three generations of Bills fans. Don't let him just like downplay it. Oh, I really wasn't doing much. That's pretty freaking neat. No if pants. you were to ask for me, who need no pants. 
No dignity. It's amazing. For me, I was driving. I take. I always take the back roads to the stadium, and it was all right. Like I called you. You had a Cardinals fan in the van. I was like, yeah. where did you even get that? Hey, Larry's the coolest guy, man. I like Larry. Well, I don't know Larry, and I want to know where you where you found this Cardinals fan. Hey, it was in a, Western New York. I don't know. Does it fly south in the winter? I don't know. I'm such a dick. I'm calling this guy it over and over again. I don't even know. How dare you rip on Larry? Larry is a shit. You don't even... Larry, if you're listening, which I'm sure you're not, there's no hard blood on my end. Don't listen to Adam. You could find him easily. Yeah, there's some really cool Cardinals podcasts. They didn't even uh, email me back about coming on with us. Maybe they clicked their profile pic, and they're like, nah, I'm set. I don't want to get stabbed. Yo, my profile pic is sweet, dude. It's me and and my little my little dude Hoya and Billy the Buffalo. You can't you can't do much better than that. I'm talking your MySpace profile pic. Uh, I don't. I think my MySpace profile pic is actually like Hoya's. Uh, what is it the the sonogram? Is that, oh, is that what they call shit. that? Shit. All right. Well, I guess. All right. Well, haven't haven't checked in there for about six years. Well, I tried. All right, what do you want from me? I, I I tried to make a joke. We're clearly sucking right now. No, we're awesome. But I had a, I, I I had some optimism going into this fly. game. I really did. Um. Oh, by the way, we didn't even say it. So like, it's gonna be on the air with us with us in about one minute from now. Like, we'll pause it and call him. But uh, Nate Geary from WGR five fifty is going to be calling in with us. And I can't wait. If you don't know about Nate Geary, he is the overtime show. And it is, we'll get back into it. But after Show Up and Bulldog recap the game, Nate does a wonderful job. So Nate will be coming on with us right now. Okay, we're going to pretend we didn't pause this and just press record and have a little call in. But Nate, you're really live right now. So like. Okay. All right, so we got Nate. We just can't at, afford a call screener, so yeah, really, we have to hit pause real quick. Nate, tell us where you're from. Tell us what your shows are, and most importantly, where can they find you the fastest? Let's get it out of the way for you. All right, so I host uh, Breakfast with the Bills. That's seven to eight every Sunday morning, as long as the Bills play on Sunday. Hell yeah. uh, and basically, I just do a little fantasy Bills number, but it's Bills and game day focus, so it'll go through um, the Bills fantasy people and whoever the Bills play that week. Um, and then I also host the halftime show for WGR. I also host the overtime show, which is really like the WGR postgame show uh, right after network postgame. Um, so you can catch me every Sunday there as well. And then I also host Sports Talk Saturday. Every Most Saturdays, 11 to 2. Otherwise, it's me and Sal Capaccio. We kind of switch on and off. So, uh, yeah, you can also you can catch me at uh, on Twitter, at NateGearyWGR. You guys are – I love Sal Capaccio. That's, like, totally uh, – Yeah, sales, uh, sales that's, my main bro. Oh, dude, sure. that's my man crush. I say it all the time. Like, I would just hit refresh on, like, some podcast app years back. Just like, come on, Sal, man. It's been, like, six months. Maybe drop a podcast. And, like, he would. <laughs> and I would be like, yes. And he had, like, this producer guy. He had his own intro music. It was pretty dope. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, me and me and Sale are uh, me and Sale's my guy. He's one of my favorite guys there. Dude, so. you guys, sure. you know what? Sale is like the opinion, one of the ones I trust like more than anybody because, you know. Well, the guy is there every day. That's the uh, like that's the big difference between I think him and like all the other national media is he's there literally every single day. 
And he doesn't care just to have an inflammatory headline. You, you follow right, what I'm no. saying? Like, you follow some newspaper yeah. guys. I don't need to mention them. But it's like, why? I don't understand why they have their job. It must be the worst thing in the world. So, um, anyways, the Bills, I, I want to say, dominated the Cardinals. No, they did. You don't have to say want to say. They dominated them. What's your overall takeaway? And then we'll get to Tyrod Taylor and get the quarterback thing. You know, yeah. I, I hate hammering on the quarterback over and over because there's a no, lot no, of other sure. guys. Um, um, yeah, no, man. I, here's the thing. They dominated in all three phases, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But you can't take away what they were able to do against a really good Arizona Cardinals defense. However, I will say um, I think they had a lot of the success they had on the ground because they were missing three of their top six interior defensive linemen. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. You can't determine who plays on a, on a week-to-week basis. All you can do is prep and play against who you're going to play against and be successful. They were successful. I think a lot of it had to do with game plan. Um, there was a lot of routes that were being directed towards the middle of the field for the first time this year, obviously only two games in, but like you saw a lot of double in patterns and the, the one Walt, Walt Powell catch that he had over the middle there. And then the one that he dropped that he almost was picked off. But those two plays are, are, are really good examples of what I think we're going to see from Anthony Lynn, where you're going to see a lot of routes being directed inside instead of everything being directed at the sideline. And I think you can ultimately be successful with a guy like Tyrod Taylor if you do patterns, like if you're able to run drag routes, if you're able to, you know, have your receivers run across the field on a five and 10 yard dig opposed to just running everything to the sidelines, like as, as good as Tyrod Taylor's arm is, it's difficult for any quarterback to just explicitly throw out routes, out routes, out routes when you know a defense is going to do that. But I think today Rex Ryan really said it best on WGR. He said, you know, a lot of teams are running one high safety looks in this team and it's because they want to stop the run. Until this team can prove they can beat people, you know, through the air, they're going to see a lot of one high safety looks. That means a lot of the plays you're going to see are going to the sideline because there's a lot of people in the middle. When you have two high safeties, there's an extra guy in the, you know, in the secondary. That guy's not in the middle of the field, so it opens up the middle of the field a little bit more for you. But, I mean, for me, I thought the game plan was run perfectly both offensively and defensively. And I think you're seeing uh, why this team chose to go out and get Brandon Tate instead of – you know, keeping Reggie Bush as their uh, special teams uh, return man. Yeah, overall, I'm pretty uh, – I got to say, I mean, I thought the the offensive game plan, I, I thought it was genius. And, and there's one thing that uh, I, we, we were hammering on after game one is, okay, yo, what's up with that play clock? Get that shit figured out. Game two, they actually improved on it a little bit. And, okay, now you fire Greg Roman. Well, Rex Ryan, you want to appease the fans – you better bring some damn packages to light and run some simple, successful plays and actually target guys to get the ball. Well, now Sammy Watkins ain't playing. Well, Woods, who I thought was very underutilized and got a lot of targets, and LaShawn McCoy, the one veteran on the team that has done it and is elite in this league, they, they made a game plan that really suited him. And you get Richie Incognito out there ready to plainly just fuck shit up it's like, all right, let's go, follow him, you know, and that's exactly what they did. They made an offense. It tells me that amongst that staff, in that building, amongst the coaches, more people than just us are going, yo, you got these weapons. Are you going to use, use them? them? Right. And not for nothing, I don't want to throw a shitty blanket statement out there because I hate when this kid gets crushed, but I kind of like that Sammy Watkins wasn't out there and they did this without him. Because I feel when Sammy well, Watkins is out there, there's like this dark cloud from the fans. Where's the Sammy targets? 
Where's the Sammy targets? Yeah. And then you miss no, and I, all the other bad I, points of the game. I think you're totally right about that. And what it does is it makes Tyrod look elsewhere. And I think sometimes where Tyrod gets in trouble is his first target and his only read on a play is Sammy Watkins. And that really closes him off to middle of field, the rest of the field. And for instance, that first play against Baltimore that everyone was up in arms about where, where um, Robert Woods is running alone on the, up the middle of the field. Right. That's because his only two reads are to read from Ty, or to read from Sammy to LaShawn McCoy. And whether or not it was a design dump off or it was whatever it was, if it was only a two read play, you're not going to see open guys if your offensive coordinator is cutting off half the field for you and ultimately like my whole my whole thought process behind the greg roman flaring wasn't that you know he was calling bad plays although i do think that that was really it i mean he he wasn't putting this offense in successful situations but really this this franchise this organization needs to see whether or not tyrod taylor is worth 27 million dollars and you're not going to do that when you're only running out patterns and you're only running dump off plays and only seeing half the field like to me, this was more about we need to see what our quarterback can do and less about you can't run plays. You want to know what, and I guess you would say to kind of piggyback on where you're going with Tyrod, you know, we want to evaluate him. But one thing that Tyrod Taylor, okay, first of all, it's not getting talked about on, uh, enough, and I'm a huge WGR fan, but this is not, and this is why I do this podcast, to bring out points that people aren't talking about. And one thing people are forgetting is like, yo, not for nothing, this Bills team, First play of the game, I was like, oh, no, what's this shit with two tight ends? Really? But you know what? After that, this Bills team had three wide receivers out there, more than we're used to seeing. They had simple formations where they're just flipping the sides. You know what I mean? They're, they're favoring where there's more space for certain reasons, depending on where you are in the hash. And not for nothing, Tyrod Taylor is looking off guys, too, a little bit. I saw, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was actually, and that's something we haven't seen yet, and this is getting glossed over, and it's like, Okay, we haven't seen the plays over the middle of the field. At the same time, when you have a run game that is just unstoppable, I mean, that play-action run with Tyrod running for, like, what? I don't know the exact, Oh, yeah, 49. Like forever. Yeah, 49 yards, I know. Okay, yeah. like, that fooled everybody in the damn stadium. No, and you're totally right. And, like, I think, I think what Greg Roman failed to realize is, and, and I'm not sure how or why, but when you spread things out, you move guys that are sitting in the middle expecting the run out. You have to respect those receivers. So LaShawn McCoy had more room to run this week, I think, because they were running on three wide receiver sets. When a defense is, is loading up for pass, you run. And instead, like when Greg Roman was here, they were loading up for run and they were running. And like you can't beat a team. A lot of teams, you have to be complete. You have to be Adrian Peterson elite to beat teams when they know they're going to run. And ultimately, they just couldn't do that. But, like, on your Tyrod point, you know, I I am in the camp that I still think Tyrod Taylor still hasn't played his best game as a Buffalo Bill. Same here. And, Same and here. my thought behind it is if they can put him in better situations, and that's really what it comes down to is, you know, Josh McDaniels, he puts Tom Brady in super advantageous positions. Until we can put Tyrod Taylor in the positions that, Josh McDaniels putting Tom Brady in and, you know, the Colts are putting Andrew Luck in, like, he's not going to be successful. And and ultimately, I think last week we saw it. And I think when Sammy Watkins comes back, they'll be even better because they'll have that dynamic receiver that allows guys like Charles Clay to be open and allows guys like Robert Woods to be open. But they need to start passing the ball 25 times a game on average or else teams just aren't going to respect the run and they're going to load up and they're going to say, beat me on the, beat me on the ground. Because I know you can't, you know? So my thought is Tyrod still hasn't played his best football. I think there's still – I think the jury, although, is still out on him. 
I still think he can still be this franchise quarterback. I think there's no doubt. It's just a matter of whether or not this team is going to let him show what he has. One last thing on Tyrod ahead for you was, um, or, or not even Tyrod, on really the offensive side of the ball, I actually saw Felton making some nice blocks out there and, and swinging shady. And it's like, wow, great. And, and even on special teams on the kickoffs, he stepped it up. I am fully confident in Jerome Felton running guys over. And, and like, they used Jerome Felton in a way that you saw Jerome Felton use with Minnesota. Do you right, follow like me? It, exactly. Yeah. Especially Shady had a run to the right side, and I was just like, "Yes, nail it, nail it, nail it!" And not for nothing, these wide receivers blocked their ass off this game. I thought, I thought the second game in, they were not blocking, and, and Sammy Watkins was not very good at blocking. He could tell he was hurt. You know what I'm saying? He just wasn't. He just wasn't the same guy. And I'm kind of glad that they rested him. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I agree. The Patriots. Yeah. yeah, no, and the cool thing I think about Robert Woods that's really underutilized and underappreciated is his ability and really his willingness to block. Exactly. There aren't a lot of receivers in this league that are willing to go all out blocking. And, and I think he's one of them. And another guy, too, and I think they really did miss him, was Greg Salas last week. I mean, you, you didn't have your two of your top three receivers, and yet you have one of the most successful days on offense in the past, I would say, two years. I mean, I, think, I thought they had more success yesterday than they had all year last year with Greg Roman. So, again, it just really goes into their willingness to, you know, be, be dynamic but be different. Like, not just run the same stuff over and over and over again. Exactly. It was nice to see him finally catch a rhythm, you know. And one thing I noticed. Yes, no, absolutely. One thing I noticed with the run game that, you know, I later confirmed with an article on uh, buffalobills.com today was Anthony Lynn went around and actually, like, talked to these players and asked their preference on things. And one one of the changes in this offense was uh, moving Shady a little bit deeper in the backfield, giving mm-hmm. him a little bit more room to see these plays develop. And uh, you know, Felton's in front of him setting up these blocks. And all right, so they're they're a little depleted along the uh, defensive line in Arizona right now. But hey, I mean, we made that. No, you. We, but we you made can, a turnstile out of that. that. Right, right. Like if if you don't have, I mean, the Bills weren't full hand. They didn't have their starting star left tackle. You know, they and I, another guy, I think that if I would be remiss if I didn't say had a great game is John Miller. And I think I think John Miller yesterday had his coming out party of sorts. I think right now the Bills have two of the top eight tack or I'm sorry, guards, interior guards in the league. If John Miller can can play like he did yesterday, there isn't a better young tackle or I'm sorry, I keep saying tackle. There isn't a better young guard in this league than John Miller. He can move. He's a bowling ball, and then you add Richie Incognito, who's having like a, a career renaissance of sorts. I don't know. I'm excited about what this offensive line can do if their wide receivers can can do something. And and my thought is, they did it without two of their top three. If they can have those two back, I like the prospects of where this pass offense can continue to, to kind of grow under Anthony Lynn. It's like you know what they came out. They said let's simplify it. Rex took his balls out, set them on the table. This is what we're doing, and guess what? It worked, they did it. and people need to talk about that working. And it's like, you know what? Everybody's so fast about tearing these guys down, and this is going to lead me to the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to rant for a sec and, and tie, off, man, tie man. into it. So, like, you want to talk about Robert Woods being a, a willing blocker, okay? I remember Chan Gailey calling Stevie Johnson out years back for not running the route to sell the play. 
the run play, right. you know, or not blocking. You called Stevie out on that too. And it's great getting insight from Donald Jones, like what happened back then to confirm what we thought on the John Murphy show, you know, he's on there. So yep. it's like, you know, these guys defensively have, have totally bought in and people are ripping this Rob Ryan hire and whatever. And it's like, I loved it. And, 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 and what this fan base needs to do is give these coaches time. Because when I watch these other teams, I have nothing else to invest in. They go, wow, well, they lost the game because of this. It's not because of no playoffs. It's not because we don't like the coach. I don't know half the people. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't have the emotion invested in these other teams. And it's we try to look at it a lot more objectively. But this is why you hired Rex Ryan, to have a cutting-edge defense. And this guy comes out and is like, yo, I'm going to have seven defensive backs on the field. Like one D lineman and Kyle Williams and two two outside linebackers and Preston Brown on the field. And and, and the way I look at it is you got to have that tenacity, like Nicole Roby Coleman, to be out there on the field and be like, yo, I'm going to punch you in the mouth and I'm going to stop the run. Same with Duke Williams. He's very good at stopping the run, Duke Williams. Minus that tackle, he missed almost tackle for a loss on Johnson there. But it happens. You you know what I'm saying? It's like it takes a certain mean streak, a certain attitude to want to get up in these guys' face if you want to put seven DBs on the field to stop the run. That tells me that Rex Ryan has this team behind him. Well, you know, and you bring up a good point with the seven defensive backs, and I'll say this before I leave, but that is a lot of what Rob Ryan wanted to do in New New Orleans. When he took over in New Orleans – he employed that four safety look in New Orleans, and it was working until Jairus Bird goes down with injury, Kenny Vaccaro goes down with injury, and now mm-hmm. he's down to his third, fourth, fifth safety, practice squad safeties, and then all of a sudden his you know innovative defense is basically riddled to having double and triple, you know, second and third team players on there, and he looks bad, and they have the worst historic defense of all time, and he gets blamed for a lot of that, but it wasn't because of his you know, play call. It was because of the personnel that he was putting out there, and it wasn't his fault. But that safe, that defense was working in New Orleans when when they were implementing. It. And that's another thing. I think when when these players buy into the Ryan's schemes, I think that they have a very they have a mind for defense. They know how to stop offenses. And I'm gonna be excited to see if they employ this that same look next week. I think it could really work against a guy who, you know, a Jacoby Brissett or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo who aren't used to those exotic looks. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, it, especially, especially when Marcel Darius gets back. But one Holy last God. thing, because I know you got to go just to piggyback on that. Rex Ryan said something last year after the first Patriots game, like, okay, Tom can get it out in one and a half, one and a half seconds, but where are you throwing it? We need to clog the passing lanes, okay? And that sounds simple. But when the Bills are matched up against the Cardinals, I'm like, this is exactly what they need. They have a guy where he's going to be looking for these deep crossing routes and all sorts of things that take up time. Okay, this is where the Bills pin their ears back. But what we're seeing now is this is why Rex was brought in, and if if he's given some time, I wish the Bills make the playoffs this year. That way they can just get some time to finally be on the cutting edge. you got the guys to buy in, and you're correcting problems extremely fast. Let's go. So, right. Nate, Thank you again, as always. So, just, Of course, my man. Where can we find you on Twitter? It's uh, at Nate Geary, WGR, and uh, I'm always busy on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, make sure you throw a follow. Awesome, Nate. Take care, bud. Thank you so much, man. Man, I love having Nate on. That's good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the defense. I feel like we didn't get, get to that too much. A lot of really cool things going on. You know, we talked about the – 
the look with the defensive backs there. But man, there's there's a couple of guys just really making a name for themselves. I mean, they had they had they had awesome things going out there. Didn't so many three and outs for the Cardinals, and and Sal Capaccio is going over on his show, and he had this joke about being a broken record, and and it wasn't. It was like three and out punt, three and out punt, three and out punt. And, you know, the the Bills closed it out with with four turnovers. You know, after they were already crushing. And oh, like, I know, man, and. The, the the person on this team that's got me so hype is Zach Brown. Oh my god, where did this dude even like come from? I mean we covered we covered where he came from when when we signed him, but he's one of those under the radar free agents that Doug Whaley just scooped up and he came in here and looks like he bought into the system. I mean you wanna talk about guys buying in. Dude is leading the league. Yeah, I mean he's tied for first in the league. With 34 tackles. He's tied with, like, Luke Kukli. What? That? Kukli? Kukli? Cucumber? (laughs) Ukulele. (laughs) So, yeah, and then you got Who gave me a microphone? (laughs) Yeah, right? And then you got your guy, Lorenzo Alexander. Every game he's been in, he's had a sack. What? This is a guy who was brought in to be a special teamer, and he has a sack every game. Yeah. Are you kidding? He's nailing it out there. Uh, Kevon Seymour came back this week, had three tackles. I like that dude. I got high hopes with him. Duke Williams only made me mad once. That's a good stat. But Gilly, Gilly with those two interceptions, man, pay this boy. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for Stefan Gilmore to get those two interceptions. And, you know, when, when a ball went through his hands early in their game, I definitely did not stand up in the stadium and go, Safan, you want to get paid, you got to make that grab. You got to get those gift baskets. Those gift baskets are only going to come. And what's he do? He does. He, he makes. He misses the easy catch like Terrell Owens, and then he makes two awesome grabs, especially his first interception. You know where he dove and, and got really right under that ball, and then the second interception, he breaks off the route just perfectly, steps right inside, and you know really. We got to give credit to the defensive game plan. They got Carson Palmer off their spot. They threw looks at him that obviously they got out fast. So so now you can start throwing up some exotic stuff. But. This is exactly what I expected when I found out they hired Ed Reed. This, this is the secondary I was looking for. It was these guys. I mean, the safety play was great. The corner play was great. Aaron, Aaron Williams, Williams had a cut. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, jinx. jinx. Oh, jinx. Loser. I don't use shit. I ain't even playing your little kids game. Aaron Williams had a coming out party. And you know what? I was a little skeptical. I was like, yo, I don't know if the Bills should be investing all this damn talk on Aaron Williams. Are they just hyping him? No. Aaron Williams, dude, you showed the fuck up, man. I am so happy for this kid right now because he's got a great attitude. And he talks about every game, coming home. Chilling out and watching the film. Win or lose, he's watching, he's taking on his iPad, and he's sending out messages to his people. What the hell they got to clean up. And, and that's the kind of guy you want in your team. He's a good person, and he plays with the, an intensity. But his awareness level was skyrocketing. And he even said on the John Murphy show earlier today, he said along the lines of, yeah, I wasn't just going to fall on that ball. Like, nah, that's six, no, uh-uh. We could have the offense come out, and he just went for it. 
You know, and good for him. I'm so happy to see that. He had some bad Yeah, well, the Cardinals early. tried to play that shit, too, and they screwed themselves. So. Yeah, Tom and Matthew kicked it out of bounds. Thanks, buddy. We uh, we appreciate you. But, of course, the the Bills fan and us, you know, a lot of people were glued. Like, we ain't leaving. It's like 33-18. We're like, nah, I ain't moving here. So, uh, nah, they could screw this up. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> uh, I kept saying that shit. Oh, Yo, I've seen this I movie only, before. I feel better. I, I felt guilty having thought it. I didn't actually say it, though. Why would you say that? Because how do you not? That's clearly the elephant in the room. Are you? What are you better than me? Mm, depends who you ask. And you know I'm the eternal optimist. So when when people say the sky is blue, I'm like, nah, it's a little red. Yeah. Nah. No. No, that's green. Nah, I don't know. I see a little blue in there. Are you sure it's purely green? I don't know if it's purely green. It looks a little red. Uh, but really, come on. I mean. You got Carson Palmer, Larry Fitzgerald, which is finally great to see in person. And yeah, he's probably never going to play there again unless he gets traded. Yeah, and or cut. And it's I so hope f- he retires a Cardinal. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, but it, I respect that dude. Yeah, and he he puts in the work. And that guy. But we also beat that ass. What up? Yeah, that guy. That guy really. He he puts in a lot of. A lot of hard work, and he's dedicated. He is the franchise. Yeah, yeah. No, he seems like he seems like he would be a cool teammate to have. But people were sleeping on him, not sleeping on him in fantasy. It's like, oh, you know, he is older than thirty something, so yeah, you know. We go. But there okay, he still got what I think like eleven targets, something crazy. And oh, oh, he lo- he might have lost the step, so we're gonna put him in the slot or move him anywhere we want. I think the modern NFL receiver has to play every position. It's not as cut and dry as it used to be because the more versatile you can be as a receiver, the more mismatches you can find. And, and, and this game is all about finding the mismatch and exposing it and recognizing when you have an advantage, you must kill when you see it. So, Oh, you mean like when a team's defensive line is completely shattered with injuries? Yeah, so I want to talk about that a little bit. So many people, like, you know, I get I get around on the social media or whatever, are just like, oh, Tyrod Taylor, 119 yards. I guess the, ba- the best way to break that down is if it's not broke, don't fix it. They couldn't stop that run, so why would you stop running? That's what I was saying. Like, they, it kept working. Okay, now, I mean... There were some situations where I'm like, oh, no, Tyrod, watch your back. Watch your back out there, guy. I don't want to expose Tyrod that much all the time. I do want to see him hang in the pocket and make some of these passes, but they had they had the opening. They, they had the advantage here. I mean, why throw at a talented secondary when you have a broken defensive line in front of you? Makes no sense. So all all y'all folks out there with your 119 yards isn't good enough. Don't worry. It'll be there when you need it. Look, I don't give a shit if Tyrod Taylor never throws the ball down the middle ever again. If they can really, if they can really Keep doing what they're doing offensively in this game, as in netting a lot of yards. You know, when they come out with that wildcat formation, all of us, I'm sure 
are like, oh, Wildcat, what the hell? Guess what? Every time they ran that, the Bills got a lot of yards. Like, the Bills got, like, five yards a lot of times, it seemed like, out of that formation. Yo, and I'm, they were always positive yards. And, I'm and, feeling some of these direct snaps and, you know, little quarterback sneak. Well, not sneaks, but the little design quarterback. The double quarterback play action yeah. was incredible. Yeah, that was dope. That was like, I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's Tyrod. And then sometimes I feel like the ball gets handed off to Shady McCoy, and all of a sudden he has burst through the line already. You don't even realize it until he's six yards past the, the line of scrimmage. And it's like, whoa, I thought that was just like a play action thing. No, the ball was really handed off to LaShawn McCoy that well and blocked very well. I mean, like. like Yeah, no, there was two plays where I thought like my eyes were playing tricks on me. I was like, wait, wait, what? What? <laughs> Whatever they did offensively, Anthony Lynn, Rex Ryan, all these guys collectively, Palmer, you know, these guys, uh, they, they really came up with a game plan that, I'm sorry, was awesome. This team leveled up. The, the, you, sorry, Greg Roman, I spoke really highly of you right down to the last second, but this team leveled up. They really definitely simplified, and it worked. The team understood what the how they needed to do, and I bet you they did not even run a bunch of different plays. I bet you they flipped them because a lot of the formations I did notice flip. So it really wasn't a bunch of out of the box stuff, but I mean, you saw guys like Jerome Felton who you didn't, who's on the team, but you see him like, what are you doing with this guy? And next thing you know, he's making key blocks and LaShawn McCoy, he, you know, like Nate was saying earlier, the, the, the way I look at these, these guys is, if you're a coach, we talked about it. The smartest thing to do is to give them the floor to ask them, what do you like to do? And clearly everybody on that team liked what the hell they were doing because they executed it. They understood what they needed to do. And, and, and honestly, that's what I'm saying. They keep slightly getting better. If Tyrod Taylor for you guys, you know, New England Patriots, they and a lot of teams, they win ugly. Did you win? Did you do what it took to win? I mean, did you not shoot yourself in the foot? And for the most part, till till the fourth quarter, it seemed like the Bills were doing pretty good in the penalty department. And then next thing you know, you kind of feel like the refs are buying them back in the game. But that's just me. And yeah, I know. I don't all want right, to all right, shot. all right. I wish we had like some nice like conspiracy theory music to play for you, and we could do like a little X Files. But we don't do that. Um, I'll tell you what though. They came through, and I felt like the, the team was in control the whole time. And and if you look at some teams that are highly penalized, there's a lot of really big winners who are highly penalized teams, and we're looking for a team to improve. This team definitely improved. The defense stepped up without Ron Darby. The defense stepped up without Oh, yeah, Russell we didn't Darius. even mention that. Yeah, right? Yeah, no, he. that's a huge loss, and... I mean, thank God we got Kevon Seymour back. I'm going to keep plugging that dude. And, and we talked—he's my new Leotis McKelvin. We talked about we talked about the safeties having to play a better game, and they did. And in fact, Aaron Williams is on the field most of the time, and that was great to see. And it's like it seemed like everything came together for this team. You had Corey White with an interception. Shout out to Corey Graham. With the interception. It was so awesome. So happy for well, him. Well, that one didn't turn out the greatest. 
This game could have been 1633. It's okay. Hey, shit happens. It's okay. You know, the Bills made it through. But really, I can't wait to see what goes on coming up. I, I mean, any other, I mean, LaShawn McCoy ran very well. He had two touchdowns. I, I'm pretty psyched. Yeah, 110 Tyrod, yards. Tyrod Taylor had eight 8.4 yards of carry. Come on. Yeah. And then carries. 76 yards and a touchdown. Tyrod Taylor is ranked 30th amongst NFL rushers right now. 30th. Isn't that crazy? And Shady's up at 9. So, like, hey. And, and, and you know what? I was kind of shocked to see Shady at in the top 10 there because it did really feel like this team got off to a slow start. But then I'm looking over these, like, league leaders or whatever on NFL.com and, oh, God, Gilly's tied for third in interceptions. Tyrod's 30th in rushing yards. Zach Brown's leading the league in tackles. And Lorenzo Alexander's top five in sacks. What? Oh. And you want to know something? It's just like where where are these guys even like coming from with like Zach Brown, Lorenzo Alexander? Like nobody saw that coming. I, I thought we, Zach Brown. You know what Zach Brown? We thought was that doing? was going to be Reggie Raglan. Like we didn't we didn't think that was going to be Zach Brown. You you want to know what's great it is is that thought Zach Brown? We said this before. Zach Brown was the guy before Raglan. Raglan was there. They had a chance to get him. They got him. Zach Brown was the immediate replacement plan. Okay, but the thing with Zach Brown that's amazing is he's number 53. So you want to be cute here? Yeah, that's another reason I don't want Rex to get fired. He got his draft but didn't get his freaking players. Follow this, follow this. He, this guy, number 53, Nigel Brandon was 53 and in the Jim Schwartz defense. And people were bummed that they didn't re-sign Nigel Brandon. But at the same time, people were bummed that they didn't re-sign Jim Schwartz. Right, and at the same time, We're still talking about it. I feel like Zach Brown. Terrible. Zach Brown looks like to me he's playing better football in Rex Ryan's system than 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 Bradham. Like like it's like Bradham fit what Jim Schwartz wants to do. Hence, he's playing with Jim Schwartz now in Philadelphia, and, and I feel like Zach Brown fits exactly what Rex Ryan wants to do. Zach Brown is all right in coverage, and he's a very athletic linebacker, and he's very smart. Seems like every game he gets tackled for loss. And oh, by the way, lastly, do you never, even miss Manny Lawson? No, no. but can we no, talk? Can no. we can we talk about who looked like a hurricane out there? Really, to close out this podcast, Kyle Williams. Oh, he's back, man. Kyle Williams was a monster, and really one of the brightest spots top to bottom on this team in that in that victory was Kyle Williams. And what I love about Kyle Williams is you hear how detailed he gets into prepping for the game. He pays attention to hand position. He pays attention to tendencies of players themselves that he's going up against. So it's always great to watch him play football. And he is the sole defensive lineman taking on two guys and still squeaking through them and making some tackles for losses. And it's like, really? Again, my whole over 30 number. It ain't that bad. I'd rather have a guy who's over 30 smart and can still explode than a guy who is under 25 or under even 27 somehow is still dang around the lead, league, but you're waiting for him to flash. You know, and it, this team, everybody played well. And to see Kyle Williams just absolutely do what he does. And, oh, by the way, after this Patriots game, Marcel Darius is back. And oh, by the way, you say, and oh, by the way, 
all the time. And wonderful. I think you only said it twice today. I'm proud of you. Did we mention that Shady McCoy, we're just looking up, I'm just looking up at the board here. 17 carries for 110 yards. Yeah, That's I said a that. six and a half. That is like insane. There's so many bright spots that this team had. And I, I really hope Tyrod Taylor clean up his game a little bit. At the same time, I think I think uh, Anthony Lynn might be playing some cat and mouse with, with these other teams' film rooms here. Show him the run next week. I think we're going to see some pass, some uh, enhanced passing next week. Do you think it was like a troll to maybe set up Charles Clay in the middle of the field? I thought Charles Clay would have a field day in the middle. I, I, have, I have my own little conspiracy theory today that we didn't see what exactly what we're going to see going forward. I think... I think that's just the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to look completely different against the Patriots. He can't get he can't give them all the all the secrets day one. No, you're right. You're right. Well, so yeah, I mean, we'll be back later this week, probably probably Thursday, with a little Patriots preview. If you're headed out to that game, you know it's in Foxborough. Go hang with our boys from BillsForLife.com. Well, they, they, they got the info. They fed it to us. That's our people. There's a big uh, there's a big tailgate party with Bills fans going on. Go down to well, – I'm sorry. I cannot see the whiteboards glaring bad. All right. It's uh, Route 1 Liquor Mart, 29 Washington Street in Foxborough. They open up at 9 a.m. The uh, tailgate party is behind the store. Games at 1. Get down there. Um, you know, Pinto Ron, our boy Kenny from the uh, Red Pinto Tailgate, he's going to be out there, I believe. And it's, uh, you know, this is brought to you by some Bills backers out, out that way. So it's going to be a great time. Wish I was going. I'm going to be home with the kid on the couch, no pants, eating Doritos. Make sure you come see us you live wanna, on Facebook you might on Wednesday. rephrase that. <laughs> I will have pants on for Facebook Live on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Come watch us. Get rowdy. Get hypey. Tell all your friends. Come try and troll us. Yeah, no, like, seriously. Like, really, come talk some shit. I get Do bored in there. I'm like, all right, what's worst. going on? You know, Nick Nick Papagellis from Red Pencil Tailgate, he, he freaking just killed it for yeah, us. Yeah, no, he, comes, he came in hot. Yeah. Get in there. We have a great time. You'll have a great time. Tell your friends. Our podcast is everywhere, numbillsfan.com. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn Radio. And also, lastly, don't forget Scott Campbell, Scott Campbell 13 on Twitter, on Instagram. We have an Instagram. We have Snapchat. But Scott writes articles. Scott's that boy. And, and he just, he'll just throw something up. We never know when it's going to pop up, so always check back. And, and he'll put a bunch – like he had a sarcastic attitude. Some people gave us shit about – Oh, why is there a title about the the team being 0-2 and the article's released Saturday? It's like, dude, it's a, it's a sarcastic title saying, hey, not for nothing, as I say all the time, not for nothing, Bills. The layman's terms is, not for nothing, this, this season isn't over, but you're acting like it's over. No, don't, Stop. Gi- don't give it away for free. Go read it. Numbillsfan.com. I'm out of here. If my mic wasn't on a stand, I'd drop the shit out Well, I'm not, so don't forget, punchdrunksports.com. Soon to be released, we are the the sole Buffalo Bills exclusive we said that. podcast. Did we really? Yeah. When? Earlier, right? Top of the show. Yeah, okay. Well, punchrunksports.com at punchrunk. 
and we are there all the time. So please check us out everywhere. Tell your friends goodbye. Find me on Twitter at numbills fan. That is at numbills Adam D. Leave me alone. All right. Good night. Good morning. Goodbye. You dropped your stuff.